Hi, welcome to Up With Moms, episode four. My name is Dana McKay, and I am here with Natasha Harth. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Dana. Natasha was um, the 2016 Military Spouse of the Year, and she earned that title after doing years and years of and years of incredible, amazing service. Um, so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about how Natasha and I met. Um, in episode one, I interviewed my friend Sheena Burton Satem, and she started a group called Elevate DC, which is for women in the DC area who want to contribute, who are already doing philanthropy and giving back, and for them to connect with each other to be able to see how can I help more, how can I help you with what you're doing, and it was. Right after I had decided to do the podcast, but I hadn't even started yet. And Natasha ended up in my little group. And when she started telling me about all the things that she's done, I was like, I need to have you on my podcast. So I'm so happy that we are making this happen. Thank you so much for meeting with me to do this. So let's start with telling, tell me a little bit about your family, your husband and and your background. Sure. So thank you for having me. First of all, I am so happy that this is a podcast and not a live interview with a video because I'm probably (laughs) blushing. I don't do well with talking about myself on camera. Uh, But I am the spouse of an active duty military service member. My husband's been in the Marine Corps for 18 years and counting. We have two girls, 11 and 6, and I am full-time employee and mortgage loan officer with Fairway Independent Mortgage. I volunteer extraordinaire, I guess. I have sucker written on my forehead in invisible <laughs> ink. I don't see it in the morning when I wake up, but everybody else does because people ask me to do things all the time. And I'm like, no, okay. No, okay is a word, right? Because uh, I think it's okay with a little bit of no on the front, but I ended with okay. So sure. Why not? Well, from all the things that you've done, it doesn't sound like you ever say no. So yeah, I think that's probably it. So who nominated you to be the military spouse of the year and how did that all come about? So The first year my husband nominated me, it was uh, 2015, I was the base level spouse of the year for Marine Corps Barracks in DC. And then the second year in 2016, a friend, Mindy Brewster, who I met through the Military Spouse of the Year program, she nominated me again. You can do it two years in a row, or if you, you know, win branch level or overall, then you're done. Like you're maxed out. You can't go higher than that. So my friend Mindy uh, nominated me the second year, and she had seen what I had done throughout the year as the base level spouse of the year and just how involved I was in D.C. She helped promote a lot of my initiatives and efforts, saw the homeless drive that we did, the food pantry. So she just felt inspired to give me a second shot. And you won it. <laughs> yes, and I won. Which is awesome. Well, and you told, I mean, you deserve it because when you told me this story about um, about what you did with the food pantry, I was just like, Wow. So let's get into that. Okay. So I decided that I want to do something not necessarily military centric because there's a lot of charities that are involving the military. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of military service members that need it. But I spent a lot of time down on Barracks Row where my husband was working, kind of waiting on him to get off work. Sometimes I was bored or usually he would just run over. So I'd hang out at a coffee shop or just walk around the block a little bit. And I noticed there were a lot of homeless people right outside of the barracks. And they had uh, some that were street scent spenders. I don't know if you're familiar with that in D.C. No. It's a homeless newspaper. Written Articles are written by the homeless. It's published, and they have yellow vests, and they sell the newspapers for, like, I think it's $2. And that's a way of them to kind of earn an income. Right. I did not know about that. I should know about it, but I did not. Yeah, it's really cool. So there was uh, there's a lady. She's an editor for a bigger newspaper, of course. And she wanted to start it at her, as her way to give back. So she organizes it. She has local contributors right into it. She gives shout-outs for birthdays for the people that are you know in the Street Sense program. 
she sells it for just like pennies to them and then they'll go out and sell the copies for a couple of dollars it has poetry it has stories it's oh it's really cool oh, i'm gonna have to get one yeah, yeah. that sounds really it's neat nice. so i was curious about it i saw a guy and he asked if i wanted to buy a paper and me i'm thinking wow well, i remember growing up buying papers on the street like why they're still selling papers but then right. when i learned what it was about <laughs> don't they I was have like, a website <laughs> yeah so when i learned what it was about i'm like oh this is really cool so I bought one and I just sat there and talked to the guy and there was one guy, his name's Philip, and apparently he's very popular in the homeless community as an advocate. And I just, after seeing him time again on the Eastern market on the weekends and around the barracks, I just kind of became endeared to him. And I said, what can we do? Because I don't have a lot of money. My husband's active duty. He's enlisted. Like we really right. don't have <laughs> a lot of money, but I want to do something for this community. I feel I don't know. I felt called for it. My mom has always had a big heart for the homeless. She's always, you know, taking them in in the winter, giving them food and shelter. So I was like, yeah, surely, like, can we get some supplies together? Anything can help. So he told me what he, I mean, he told me some kind of ugly stories about what it was like to live on the street. Some of them were heartbreaking. And that's the reality. You know, he was like, produce is good. Make sure you double bag everything because rats can smell it. And oh gosh. Yeah, like and then he said uh theft as well. So he was like if it's in a backpack or something that somebody can have on them and secure when they're asleep, that's better. Non-perishables. Um he just gave me a bunch of ideas. So I took it and I went home and I wrote a list and I ran with it. I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna ask my friends if they can help, maybe like run to the store and get some applesauce pouches or some peanut butter crackers, granola bars, the um insure shakes. So I was like, I'm gonna try. And if anything, I'm going to have like five or 10 kits to be able to give Philip so he can give his buddies. Right. So my coworkers, they have hearts of gold. I was working at the time for the Air Force Officer Spouse Club here in D.C. And they heard about what I was doing and they were like, they ran a thrift store. And they said, take everything you need. Take the backpacks. Wow. Take the coats. Take the shoes. Take the hats. Take the scarves. Take the everything. Like, really? Yes. And that is incredible. When donations were coming in, I had a, my own little bin in the back. And if they thought that the homeless people could use it, they would throw it in the little bin in the back instead of putting it out for sale. And it was the generosity from there, first of all, blew me away. And then word spread with my friends and family. And I had people pulling up to my back door at work with trunks full of non-perishable goods and saying, hey, where's your car? Can I put this in your trunk? We want to help. So at the end of I think it was five weeks that I spent organizing it and getting volunteers and everything. We went into the library on base. I bought a bunch of pizza and soda and we had a packing party and I had bins for peanut butter crackers, bins for applesauce, bins for juice boxes, bins for lotion, for soap, for baby wipes, chapstick, like just bins of everything. And we had in the little assembly line. So we double Ziploc bag, everything, put it in the backpacks. We had kids involved. Kids were writing cards and you know, doing messages and stuff. And at the end of that, we had about 80 backpacks packed up. That's incredible. That was just the food. <laughs> we still had yeah, we still had the shoes and the blankets and the coats and the everything else. So that is incredible. Yeah. And I feel like um, I think th I think this kind of happened when I was talking to Sheena, too, as she was telling her story about some of the things that she's done, where when you stand up and take the initiative and say, OK, guys, this is what I'm going to do. And you kind of just put out a call like this is all I need you to do to help. It's amazing how many people will step up and say, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? So that's Absolutely. just amazing. It's incredible. So then you ended up having 
extra stuff and people kept yeah. bringing you stuff. So then the, the next thing that you did was what? So yes, it got attention from some other people, like-minded individuals. Like you said, when you stand up and say you want to do something, people want to help. Nothing's an individual effort. Just because I'm the one that said, hey, let's do this, doesn't mean that I did it by myself at all. So I had donors from different retailers in the area that wanted to give more and more. And they wanted to give like perishables and frozen goods and things that homeless people necessarily couldn't use because if you're homeless, you don't have a stove to cook in all the right. time or you know, means to prepare the food or to keep it fresh and preserved. So I ended up buying a commercial freezer. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> putting it in my house and I would stockpile it there and I would take it to base and open up like a food pantry every once in a while so I it would have to be you know one-time events when it happened because of the perishability and just the storage capacity but I would just put an all call out for service members on base hey if you you know need a little help from time to time from paycheck to paycheck there are a lot of food insecure service members. Right. And I like, think a lot of people don't realize that because I had no idea about that because I'm not from a military family. So I never really understood that there are m people serving our country who need that help. So that's just incredible. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a population that actually qualify for food assistance through the government. Right. So I opened it up and I got the word out to the chaplains and the police department that, hey, if you know a family that's in need, and even if it's not during one of these times and I'm having the big free for all type of deals, get in touch with me discreetly. The chaplain would call me and say, hey, Natasha, I have a family. So I would go into my commercial freezer and I say, how many people are in the family? How many kids? How many adults? Tell me, you know, what is their need? And I'd grab a bunch of stuff out and take it to the church so the chaplain could pass it off so that people aren't ever ashamed to ask for help. Right. Oh, that's just amazing. So had you already been doing your Be a Blessing DC or did that, that was decided I'm doing all this, I need to give it a name? And yeah. in the beginning, I said I needed to give it a name because I was... I didn't want to just promote myself. I didn't want to say, come see Natasha. And this is what Natasha's doing. So I wanted to have some sort of name to it. And my goal initially was to do a 501c3 so I could keep it going. And then I realized how much work it is to do a 501c3. Yes. It's a lot. <laughs> well, and then I'm sure there's all this paperwork and all the other yeah. stuff that goes into it besides the actual work. I can't tell you how many times I filled out the paperwork and thought I did it wrong. Okay. And, you know, to trademark the name, I did research with the patent office to make sure that the name was a name that could be patented and trademarked. But then I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with these forms. And I don't want to risk the application fee to find out that, oops, just kidding. You did it wrong. So I just kept doing it under the name Be a Blessing. And I just called it like an initiative instead of a 501c3. And yeah, it was a little overwhelming to try to start that up but what yeah. matters is that you you did it and you helped all those people and even though it never became an official thing it was amazing yeah. um you ended up going on the today show when you won the military spouse of the year yes. and it was al roker and hoda who interviewed you which is just incredible so what was that experience like it was amazing. I will be honest, though. I was sheerly exhausted by the time we got to New York because the Military Spouse of the Year program, it's Wednesday, you have all-day town hall. Thursday was the awards ceremony when I found out that I won. And then Thursday night, they put us on a train to Amtrak. Like, they were kicking us out of the awards luncheon saying, you guys have to go. We booked you a train. I hope you packed a bag just in case. We had to run from... Henderson Hall in Arlington back to our house in Fairfax to grab our bags to go back to DC to Union Station we checked in the hotel at 10 o'clock at night I think it was 1130 when my nerves finally let me fall asleep and a car came at six to take me to the Today Show oh wow and it was 
I mean, it was a great opportunity. It was incredible. But after when we got there and, you know, nervous and I'm oh, like, oh, my course. gosh, I'm meeting Alan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> so we do it and they asked we're on live TV for part of it. And they showed a segment that was pre-recorded as well. And it was almost a blur because they asked me a couple questions. They asked my husband a question. And when it was all said and done and the cameras were off, like, you did such a great job. And I grabbed my husband's hand and I looked at him. I said, what did I say? <laughs> yeah, I, I can. Like, you I did don't. or you did do a great job. I watched it, and I'm actually going to post it um, <laughs> on the Up with Moms Facebook page, and it'll be at upwithmoms.com too, because everybody should watch it and see. You did do a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and and I've I've been on TV just a couple of times. I mean, I'm a radio person. I like to talk. I don't like to be on camera, but right. um, and I know how nervous, and I know exactly what that feeling is, where you're like. It's yeah, it's like a blur. It was. Yeah. I, my husband was laughing. At me. He's like, what do you mean? What did you say? I'm like, no, really? What did I say? <laughs> it was yeah. good. Okay. Because yeah. I think I just my nerves just blacked it all out. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a great experience. So we got home later that night and the weekend, you know, as well was another blur because we got home. I had to go to a luncheon and they asked me to speak for the army association at their mother's day luncheon. And then I had a wedding to go to. And then I had a gala that oh, night. Geez. And then the next day was mother's day where my husband was cooking. Cause our husband got married. So it was, that was their reception was the mother's day lunch for everybody. So at the end of that week, I think I took a sick week off from work. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think you deserved it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It was an amazing year. It still is. I think every year gets better. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in the spotlight for a year, you're afforded some amazing opportunities. But with that comes a lot of responsibility, a lot of pressure. So now we have a 2017 military spouse of the year, getting ready to hand it off to a 2018. And I really enjoy being the mentor and kind of taking a backseat to where I can do everything that I wanted to start in 2016, but just got too overwhelmed or busy. Right. Do. You don't have as much pressure to. Right. Yes. So what about what about Nancy Grace? That was a shout out on Nancy Grace. And I was on the train to New York and my phone was, of course, blowing up anyway. And I caught the eye of uh, my public relations gal, Barb. She texted me and she was like, Natasha, you're on Nancy Grace right now. And I looked at my husband I'm like, and I didn't die or have a scandal. <laughs> I know. Like, Nancy like Grace talked about me. It was I think that was one of the most enjoyable things just to know the Nancy Grace. I know. Said my name on TV and I didn't have to die. Yeah, I know. And you didn't have to kill anyone. So, <laughs> exactly. yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. That is so incredible. Okay. So, um, you, there's so many other things that you've done. Um, so, you collected gowns for yeah. the military ball. So, tell me about that. Yes. So, with Be a Blessing, where I told you it was kind of overwhelming with running the food pantry and everything else, I decided to take a small step backwards and do more targetable, manageable, single initiative projects. I felt that that was easier for me to give my all instead of continuously being exhausted for right. you know, running everything else. So I wanted to find things that were direct immediate needs and ball gowns for military service members. There have been ball gown giveaways in like 29 Palms. I was part of a collection effort there. We've uh, Project Cinderella with USO here in town does one. And there's a lot of people in Fairfax that are military retirees and I know they have ball gowns in their closet. Right. Just, it's like holding on to that wedding dress that you can't get rid of, yes. even though you're never going to wear it again. Mm -hmm. But bridesmaids gowns, you can always wear again, right? <laughs> if your bride was a nice one. <laughs> so uh, another friend of mine, she's also a military spouse. She does something like that in California. And we decided to tag team 
efforts and she was able to talk the Washington Hilton into giving us a couple of conference rooms for the day one to set up the gowns one to stage as a dressing room and we just need to get the gowns so I put out ads on Facebook and at first it was I was hated people were like admins were blocking me and they're like oh people take advantage of the military community and I'm like just actually I'm trying to help yeah I'm <laughs> like you don't know who I am do you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I ended up you know being nice and talking to some of the people. It was just like yard sale pages, just silly stuff like oh, that. Oh, right. Yeah. But well, we they, they do get a lot of spam, so I kind of yeah. understand it. But at the same time, when you're trying to do something to help, it's like, no. Exactly. <laughs> so they did. They um, I got to know some of the admins on the groups. And they were, and then they started helping me, actually. Right. They were starting yep. to promote it, too. So I would, at my kids' soccer practice, I would have the back hatch to my SUV open with a ball gown hanging off of it and the like at the elementary school say you know drop off your gowns at this time on this day I'll be here with the crazy ball gown you know waving in the air so people will pull up and drop off ball gowns people will leave them on their porch and send me their address for pickup I had um, Marine Barracks Washington did a ball gown giveaway one year and they gave me some of their leftover ball gowns as well there was so much, again, just like I did with the you know, feeding the homeless, there was so much community outpouring that we collected over 300 ball gowns. Oh, wow. That's incredible. That is yes. incredible. It was. And then Cassandra, my cohort in, uh, in San Diego, she was collecting as well. And she shipped them over here to me because she wanted to be there for it, but circumstances wouldn't allow her. So I had some great volunteers that had been with me all along that love, you know, just helping out in the community when they could. We set up at the Hilton with all 300 ball gowns. We had people stay all day to volunteer. We had, I think, over 100 were given away that day. And the rest of them are going. They went back in my attic. And <laughs> actually, they're being picked up Tuesday because, and this is why I love the Military Spouse of the Year program. It's not about getting that certificate and saying this is my title it's what you do with it right so there's another spouse that is newly minted spouse of the year for her local base here and she does a ball gown giveaway as well she does it way better than I do she has a team <laughs> of like five or six people spouses that started it in Fort Eustis Virginia and they travel different places in the country she came here last year and I gave her some of my leftover gowns for um, they were lacking certain sizes so Tuesday she is picking all of them up. My husband's going to be so happy to have attic space back. Yes. And she's doing another one here at the AUSA headquarters. So I will give all my ball gowns to her. I will volunteer like I did last year for the ball gown giveaway there. Cause I love it when, again, when like-minded people can get together for one cause, I don't want to compete or duplicate efforts. I want to combine and right. make it one awesome effort. That's incredible. So if anybody is listening and they want to help out with this and get more involved, do, is there a Facebook page for this or do they just go to, go to you or you are welcome to reach out to me. Operation deploy your dress is who I'm going to be backing for this. And they do have a Facebook page so you can contact the Facebook group and the organizer of that. She does live locally. So between her and I, one of us can arrange for pick up, drop off, whatever. And the ball gown giveaway is in April. So okay. not a lot of time, but still we can get something enough rolling. time to, yeah. to get it done. If, if you have something that mm -hmm. is awesome. And I know you've done a lot of work with helping military spouses with employment. So yeah. what are some of the challenges or unique things mm -hmm. that military spouses face when they're trying to find a job? There's a lot of challenges. I could go down a rabbit hole. With well, this let's one. go. Yeah, okay. So with military spouses, you have a few challenges. One is the constant moving. Not all jobs are portable. Not everybody works for a company that has locations worldwide or even, you know, all throughout the United States. So you have to reinvent yourself every time you get to a new duty station. Sometimes that means you can't work in that same career field and you get stuck in the rut of, I can't advance my career because I'm constantly restarting it a little bit differently. 
And then childcare is always an issue with military spouses. You don't have family nearby. And you know, in Northern Virginia, how expensive childcare is. Oh my be. gosh. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I spend like almost 20,000 a year just on before and after care. My kids are in school. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's another challenge. And also it's, it's a mentality of spouses to be the person that fills the gap. So sometimes it's hard to be laser focused on what you want to be in life when you are so busy just picking up pieces of what needs to happen. Right. So when you're a military spouse, if somebody says, Hey, what do you do? What do you need me to do? Okay. Like, what are you good at? <laughs> Everything. Like I do it all. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to focus down and harness on the career field. Some people are great at it and I admire them and I'm still trying to figure out some days what exactly do I want to do when I grow up. Okay. I don't understand how people that are so laser focused and have advanced their career from coast to coast and move to move. Those are the people that are the rock stars of my world that I look up to. So what are you doing or what have you done in order to help people with that? So Hiring Your Heroes is a program sponsored by the United States Chamber of Commerce. I love volunteering with Hiring Your Heroes. I'll travel sometimes to um, Dover Air Force Base. I was there last week or here locally and speak to military spouses about just, I don't think I can say it enough, networking. And I know okay. it sounds so cliche-ish, but it really is. It's not necessarily what you know. It is who you know. Yes. But more than who you know, it's who knows you and what do they know you for. Okay. So by networking, you can show up at spouse hiring events, at networking events, just get to know your local community, community leaders, reach out to them. And the more present you are in everybody else's life, the more they're going to think of you when somebody comes to them and says, hey, I have a career opportunity. Do you know anybody who X, Y, Z? And they're like, oh, yes, I was just talking to so-and-so about this. Oh, great. That makes a lot of sense. And actually, speaking of networking, I saw a post in a Montgomery County mom group the other day. A military spouse said that she really wants to work on coming up with some kind of resource for military spouses to be to help them find employment and setting them up with some of the like companies that offer work at home opportunities. I actually commented and I said, I am interviewing Natasha Harth and she does all this work. So I want to connect you with her. I have to go back and yes. find her message, but I think it would be great. She's in Montgomery County. You're in Northern Virginia. So not too far and yes. to combine efforts, I think would be cool. So that'll be perfect. There's so many efforts out there. Military spouse employment has been on the radar for a lot of companies. In 2016, right when I won Military Spouse of the Year, I had taken a job with the Army Headquarters for Soldier for Life, and I was an employment readiness analyst. And we did a lot of efforts on military spouses, veterans, transition service, transitioning service members to help them find jobs. And that's how I got plugged into the Chamber of Commerce, and I learned about different programs like SECO. So Spouse Employment Career Opportunity is what okay. it stands for through DOD. It is an official government-sponsored organization. They have the Military Spouse Employment Partnership under their umbrella, and they have career counselors. They have job search engines. They have resume writers. They have so much stuff under their umbrella, that, and they work in partnership with the Chamber of Commerce. There's a lot of organizations out there that want to help, and I think it's easy to get bogged down with all the resources. Okay. So I try to funnel everything back to the official DOD sponsored one, the Chamber of Commerce, and the few that I've personally had success stories with embedded. What kinds of jobs are, I don't want to say perfect because I know there's no perfect job, but what types of jobs are, are best for military spouses or do they seem to have the most success with? I think jobs that are flexible and portable. 
Okay. And that offers some sort of work at home opportunity. Not to say that every military spouse wants to work from home because goodness knows I love coming to the office when I just need to not look at my laundry or my sink full of dishes. Right. Well, and I think with work at home jobs, a lot of moms, because I tried the whole working at home thing before, and you can't get nearly as much done with your kids at home as you think you're going to be able to get done. Absolutely not. My kids both go to school and I work a lot of days at home and even with them not there, I still can't get nearly as much as I want done because it's so hard to focus on what you need to do job wise when you know that, that you could just walk downstairs and change out the laundry right. or just do these dishes or just, you know, fold these clothes. It the just add up to, yes. you know, hours <laughs> to getting your day. nothing done. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tempting. It's like the apple in the tree that says, don't eat me, but it's so delicious. You yes. just want to be there and do those things. But for military spouses, I think stuff that is flexible as far as if you have to move, will yes. they allow a telework opportunity? Will they have another office in wherever your new location is going to be? Is it something that you could do from home so that you can keep your career? That type of thing. Also, um, the company culture. Something that I learned both while working for Soldier for Life and then during my time at Capital One is that company culture is huge. Not just necessarily having the flexibility and the work from home, but the support system of other people that are just like you. Yes. So to have groups of like almost like internal networking groups of military service members, military spouses, so that you can just every once in a while vent or have a safe place to go and talk about work and what's working, what's not, and have a mentor in that group that has the power to make policy changes if needed. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so you recently contributed to an article in Forbes. So what was that about? That was really exciting. So um, a friend introduced me to a blogger for Forbes that does the bankable blog, Adrian Holes. And I'm you know, a uh, mortgage loan officer, and my specialty is the VA loan. Of course, we can do almost any type of loan, but being a military family, right. I hone in on that, and that's yes. the target audience. That's, that's the service that I like to give to the people that I love. So I was able to write um, a story about, or not a story, I was able to write an article about first-time home buying with the VA loan, because there's a lot of myths and misconceptions out there, both on the realtor side of the house and the consumer side. And I wanted to break down some of those doors. And also, when people think of the VA loan, they think no money down, which is great. Yes, it is true, no money down. But you have closing costs. You have right. taxes. You have insurance. There's so much more that goes into it than just this awesome zero money down, lower interest loan. So I wanted to highlight some of those things for people because PCS season is coming. For non-military folks, PCS is permanent change of station. It's the heavy season, probably like April through September, where most people in the military move. Military okay. does actually try to move people during the summer break for schools. You know, they're not all horrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I wanted to get that out there and in front of people before this season happened so that they could you know, start saving if they needed to, ask questions if they need to you know, get prepared for this whole life-changing move thing. And buying a house is the biggest purchase anybody's ever going to make. So right. People of need course. to be educated and well-informed. Yes, that's awesome. And I will post the link to that article um, on the Up With Moms Facebook page and also at upwithmoms.com so people can check that out. You did mention before that your mom was always um, very open to homeless people and tried to help. So I was going to ask, did you, you know, that's how you grew up and you always, you kind of learned that example from your, from your family? Absolutely. I had the best parents ever. I mean, I have, I still have them. <laughs> so <laughs> both, um, my mom and my stepfather, they own businesses downtown Roanoke, Virginia. So downtown is a hub for homeless population. 
And during the winter time, I remember people would be down there, um, sometimes sleeping against buildings just to try and stay warm. My stepfather would invite, there's a particular one, Charlie, he would invite into his jewelry store and just tell Charlie, sit down and have a cup of coffee with me, get out of the cold. And Charlie was like a part of the family. He would always come into the store in the winter time. He would come to the house every once in a while for a meal. When my family moved, they, instead of, you know, hiring movers or anything, they hired Charlie and some of his friends. And they're like, hey, I'm how I'd rather pay you because I know you and I trust you with my things and you guys you know this is an opportunity so that and mom had a friend one time who was living in a van and or in the winter she said can you just live in the basement at our house I don't have a lot to give you but it's cold mm-hmm. so she's always had a huge that's heart. incredible yes that yeah. takes a very special person to open their home like that oh that's, my gosh yeah, yeah. that's Some incredible people are like you're nuts and in fact my mom she opened her home to a lady that she used to go to college with back in the day who she found out was homeless and it turned out to be a really nasty situation the lady ended up I think she had a little mental instability. So she called the police on my mom one time oh, and tried to do a restraining order <laughs> on my mom because she said that I think she, they got into an argument about something silly, like something like dishes or like, you know, household. Right. It was right. Really silly. And the lady called a restraining order and had my mom removed from her own home. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. The local paper paper did an article on it and it's fine now. Everything got rectified. But that was almost um it, it disheartened like my a mom no for good a deed bit. goes unpunished kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Oh, that is that is crazy. Yeah. But but yeah, you think that she wouldn't do it anymore. But no, she's like she's still my mom is the type of person that would give the shirt off her back if she didn't have another one for herself. That's incredible. Yeah. That is that is a very interesting story. So so for you now, you are passing this kindness and generous thing onto your kids. So how are they involved in some of the things that you do? Oh, yeah. I love having my kids involved. So when we were going out to the park on DC, in D.C., I would have the kids come with me. And there was a, like a little assembly line. We'd have tables with hot food items, some bottled water, some fruit, stuff like that. And people would come and pack up their tray and grab a to-go hot meal while we were giving out other supplies. So my kids would be part of the assembly line. They'd either hand out the silverware or ask them, you do want an apple or orange? Here's your bottle of water and giving them their utensils and napkins. They're always involved in that part on the front facing. And then on the back side, I can't tell you how many boxes that my older daughter unloaded from my car of like frozen chicken and ice cream cones Aww. and all kinds of stuff. She's my oldest one is such a helper. My youngest one is six. So she like, she just does what we ask her to do and she doesn't quite click. yet. Right. But my oldest one is the most giving person. And I remember almost a year ago, I was driving home and her teacher called me. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, uh, yeah. she forgot her homework again because she's super smart, but she leaves everything at home. So I was like, hi, Miss Bouton, you know, <laughs> answering the phone. And she called just to tell me how kind my daughter was. Oh, it took the time out of her day to say that Justice gave her supplies to another kid in art class when she didn't have any more to give because somebody else needed it. And she was like, you know, giving her pencils and giving, like she just gives everything away. And I wonder where she gets that from. I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm driving down the road and I'm tearing up now, but at the time I'm driving down the road and I'm crying. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, I did it right. And I, yes. I called my husband and I'm like, we did something right. Yes. Yes, yes. That is awesome. That is such a cool story. So what do you see as um, as a place where just in all your experience where there's 
the most need and where where people could really help like if you had to pick one thing of all the things that you've seen where there's the mm. biggest need that's kind of maybe not getting the help or the attention that it needs can you think of anything oh wow there's so much i know <laughs> i know so hard like picking your favorite child um so i can say that i was very surprised to learn that in Fairfax County, where I thought was a very wealthy county, and it is, let's not you know sugarcoat it, but there is a 40% uh, free and reduced lunch rate for kids in school. 40%? That's what our guidance counselor told me. I haven't fact-checked that, but she said it was 40%. And it took me aback, and it took a little while for that to soak in, that there's that many people in an area that we wouldn't really expect that. Right. So there's... Um, our church next to our house packs up bags for, they're called weekend bags, for kids that are on free and reduced lunch. It has enough non-perishable foods for them to get through the weekend. Okay. So that when they come back to school, you know, they know they get their food there and they want to make sure that they have food on the weekends as well because we don't know. Right. And I don't know these families personally. I would not, I would never ask, you know, to find out that information. I don't want anyone to feel weird or awkward knowing that I know. But I think Checking, if somebody has a giving heart, maybe just checking with the school's guidance counselor or your local um, community services and see if there's a need there. Because I had no idea. Yeah, I live in Montgomery County and I had no idea either because it's so expensive to live there and it, there's all right. these big houses. And so you don't yeah. think, and I don't know what the rate is, but I know that there are definitely people that need help in Montgomery County too, which yeah. is just so wealthy you wouldn't think that that there was a need exactly yeah it's crazy to me to think that like how can you afford to live here it's i know i I can barely afford to live there i know well maybe that's why there's such a problem is they're spending so much money on rent and mortgages that yeah Yeah, foster kids also has a special place in my heart my my husband's stepsisters they were in foster care as teenagers and knowing the challenges that they've come through and also having another military spouse who has an organization for foster kids and she has foster kids herself um, to help get supplies for them so that they don't have to move their belongings in trash bags. I'm sure you've heard it oh, I, times I, before. Well, and I heard the story that the people were on Ellen that are local, right? Yeah. Where they started that yep. charity. Yeah, exactly. So foster kids, that's a need that I don't think will ever be fully filled and they couldn't get enough attention. Okay. So one of my favorite charities semi-locally is, it was called Worth Days. So Worth Days? Yes. They're on Facebook and they do Richmond area, which is perfect because my best friend lives in Richmond and up in Northern Virginia. And it's foster kids that are having birthdays, but don't necessarily have someone to celebrate for them or with them. So they have a list of foster kids who could use some cheering up and some of them are exiting the foster care system. So this is their first like birthday on their own. So tell a little bit about the person and just the people of the community get birthday boxes together and mail to the organization who then forwards it on to the recipients. And you would be floored at like minutes go by and it's already taken every name on the list. Oh yeah. That's incredible. I know Sheena helps a lot with the Treehouse of Montgomery County um, and they help kids that have been neglected and abused. And so she's done a lot to help with them and I've tried to get more involved and donate when I can. And the woman who the community outreach director from the Treehouse put out um, a message that she had a 13 and 14 year old recently that had been so just neglected their entire lives. Nobody has ever given them anything. And we ended up 
getting like they got new jackets, new shoes, all that. And then Sheena said, what if we get them? What if we get them tablets? And so a bunch of us contributed and got it for them. And and yeah, Nina, the woman who runs it said, you have no idea how much this much means because for a lot of these kids, nobody has ever cared before. So just to have that outreach from strangers means so much. So yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on, on helping the kids that just don't have parents and don't have people that care for them. It's, it's, I don't know. It's hard for me to think about that. Like I sometimes feel like I've lived in a bubble (laughs) and, and you don't really think about that stuff. So I've definitely tried to help out more. Um, so how do you, I know you live on coffee, but how do you stay organized and get everything done? I don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you could see my rolling to-do list, it's, it looks like Santa Claus list on Christmas Eve. It's incredible. Um, it's a family effort for sure. And there's a lot of grace and a lot of give and take because some days my husband will have to dial me back and say, Natasha. Yes. Look at the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to explode with things. <laughs> I, I try my best to stay organized just with my calendar. Time blocking for sure is an area of opportunity for me. I've been trying it and failing it, but I keep trying it. And one day it's going to stick. Well, I j- recently bought a planner trying to be more organized, but I find that I don't have time to sit down and do the planner. <laughs> so. so you need to plan to plan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard. And. I try to multitask as best as I can, but you know, when you are multitasking, not one thing gets your full attention. Several things are being broken up and I find that that leads to sloppy work. So I try not to multitask as much with that. I ask for grace. I ask for help when I need it. That was hard for me to ask for help. Um, I'm okay asking for help on behalf of others. Like I had no problem asking for ball gowns for people, for food, for homeless. But when I ask for help for myself, it was very hard and very awkward, and I've had to learn to overcome that. Yes. It's still a work in progress. Who is your, who's your biggest supporter? Oh, I, I couldn't name just one because that would, that would be horribly negligent of me. Everybody that I have encountered that has jumped on has jumped on with two feet and their whole heart. Of course, my husband is a huge supporter. My parents, they they brag on me more than I ever will. Uh, my best friend, Jackie, my anyone that I've met in the Military Spouse of the Year community, they've all been like-minded, like-hearted. Cassandra Compton, I know you're going to call me out <laughs> if I don't drop your name because she tells me every single day she's my number one cheerleader. Okay. <laughs> it's true. So she's the self compl- self um self proclaimed number one yes. supporter. I have okay. to send her the link to this when it's posted just so I can say there I said it for the whole world to hear that you're my biggest fan. <laughs> um so it's obvious that you enjoy helping people and you enjoy all these things that you're doing, but what do you do when you need to kind of just get away from that stuff and have fun and do something just for you? What do you do? That's an area of opportunity for me. <laughs> okay. You're like, I will have to time block that when I have time. Yes. I'm going to have to plan to plan to plan that. Um, I like wine. Okay. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yes. Um, I think just hanging out with my family when we don't have those other things to do, doing something like artsy fartsy. Okay. Just release. I get to do something with my hands and I feel like all that energy flows. Everything else that I need to do kind of goes away for a few minutes. I go back home to Roanoke, Virginia to visit family, or I go down to Richmond to visit my best friend as much as I can. Okay. 
So I think I just have to physically remove myself from the space okay. to force myself to stop. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So if any, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they find you? I know you have a Facebook page, right? So what's yeah. that? So Natasha Hearth, AFI's 2016 Military Spouse of the Year is my public page. Uh, my email address is my name, natashaharth at gmail.com. Okay. I'm super easy to find. It's probably not the most secure thing in the world, but I mean. <laughs> well, and you're like the mo- you can Google you. You can just Google her and everything go. will come up. <laughs> Somebody said that to you, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was it? I was introduced recently at a speaking event and they're like, here's Natasha Harth. If you don't know her, just Google it. Don't do it right now. She's getting ready to talk. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I went home and I Googled myself and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, there's a lot that comes up on Google and it's all great stuff. So thank you so much, Natasha, for sitting down with me today. It's been amazing to talk to you. You're such an inspiration to so many people and to your children and to other military spouses. And just, you know, you're just amazing. So thank Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. And this is Up With Moms at upwithmoms.com. You can follow us on Instagram at upwithmoms and make sure you like us on Facebook. You can also subscribe if you haven't already to Up With Moms on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. My name is Dana McKay and thank you for listening to Up with moms.